Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Because we've been trying to figure out one simple concept. What happened to make us stop dreaming? Like all of us as a kid had these, these like God-sized dreams that we thought about. I loved Pastor Chad's analogy last week. If you weren't able to be here last week, Pastor Chad, our student pastor, spoke. And I was here, and I listened, and it was awesome. But he had this little analogy talking about, you know, being in the NBA, and he never lost a game, and he was shooting. And even if he missed, it's like, oh, but I was fouled. And I was laughing because that was so me. Like, in my dreams, my dreams, I never lost. My dreams, I conquered every bad guy. Like, in my, I mean, I was great. The problem was is when I went from dreams to reality. Because I grew up playing sports. And guess what happens when you play sports? You lose. Guess what happens when you take shots? You miss some of them. I mean, not everybody has the amazing ability to say that they hit nine threes in one half like some people in the room. True story, Coach Williams back there. But it's one of those things that, you know, people have reality. And unfortunately, we take what reality and we let reality determine what we dream about rather than letting our dreams dictate what we want to be reality. So I just want to simply answer that question in the finale. How and why did I stop dreaming and what can I do? Because here's the point. This Saturday is Dream Team Walkthrough. And it's at 9.45. And here's the crazy part about dream teams at Crossroads. It's not a dream without you. Like everything that God has to be a life-giving church in our community does not take place without you. Scripture says that you are a necessary part of it. But can we dive in and we give you a little bit of insight into God's word as we look into the aspect of what in the world would help us to be able to dream again. Mickey, there's been a time in my life I had some great dreams and I stopped dreaming because reality hit me or life hit me. How can I get back to that? How can I understand what's next? How can I move forward? Well, join me in God's word, Exodus chapter 3. Very, very, very familiar story. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, the Moses and the burning bush. And it says this. Now, Moses was keeping the flock of the father-in-law Jethro, the priest of the Midian. And he led his flock into the west side of the wilderness and came up to the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The first concept that I want to get to you this morning that I need to get to, that you need to get to, is we've been talking about this concept of the promised land. For three weeks, we started off with Joseph being thrown in a pit and talked about how a lot of times our pits can be provisions. Last week, 
Pastor Chad did a great job talking about this one particular man that went into the promised land, and he didn't look at it, these big, huge obstacles as far as these giants. He's like, man, the fruit is amazing. It's flowing with milk and honey. Let's go. And they had dreams. Well, today, we're on the other side of all of that. Now we've got Moses who's approached a bush that is on fire but yet not being consumed, and he hears the voice of the Lord. And the first thing the voice of the Lord says is he identifies who he is. I am the father of Abraham of Isaac and Jacob, the same people that he had these promises. He put this dream on. But one of the things that we may not have caught is the fact that, catch this, are you ready? In order to dream again, you've got to get to a place where God is. I never forget in the, in the mid to late 80s, there was a gentleman by the name of Henry Blackaby, and he wrote this little study that swept across, I mean, the world, literally. It was this study called Experiencing God. And a lot of people in the late 80s and early 90s and even into the early 2000s, and you can still find it. You can go to a Christian book distributor or you can go to a Lifeway or you can go just about anywhere and you'll still see Henry Blackaby's study called Experiencing God. And the whole concept was simply this. If you want to experience God, rather than trying to pray and say, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what do you want me to do? He'd say, listen, identify where God is and join him. Like, rather than waiting for God to speak to you, see where God already is and join that work. I think a part of dreaming is for us to wake up and say, you know what, God, where are you? And then run to get on that holy ground. You and I have had experiences where we've seen, whether it be through prayer times, whether it be through services, whether it be through trips, where we've seen a movement of God that's been amazing. But it's amazing to me how you can be so close to where God's presence is, but still miss it. I think the first part of learning to dream again and what Moses had to do first is he had to make sure that he got to the right place first. So, Mickey, where's the right place where God is? Like, I'm trying to be real careful because I don't want to come across like this, you know, type person. But let me put it to you a different way. It's not only getting to where God is, but if you want your dreams to be destroyed, go to where God ain't. You want to see your life get sifted? You want to see your dreams to get squashed? You want to see all of a sudden reality to punch you in the face and all of a sudden you feel like you're on the losing end of a battle? It's real simple. Don't go to where God is. Go to where he is not and see what happens. Now, I'm not talking about the concept of going and loving people. I'm not talking about missions. I'm not talking, I'm talking about, you know what I mean, going and being a part of things that have no part of being a part of your life. I'm not talking about a legalistic, pharisaical approach. I'm talking about God's word, Knowing what obedience is. I've said this for many, many years. Obedience is not always knowing what to do. Sometimes obedience is knowing what not to do. And you can go just as far in your spiritual growth, staying away from the things you know you shouldn't do, as you can as you discover the things you should do. That's what Moses experienced here. He saw a bush that was on fire, but yet it wasn't being consumed. And he was like, hmm, what? Like, I got to figure out what this is. He no longer was worried about Jethro's sheep. He was no longer, he's like, I, I've got to figure out what is going on. And then he heard a voice, and it gets even better. Listen to this in verse 7. Then the Lord said, 
I have surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pezrites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Not only does, do you got to get to where God is, but I want you to know that before you go, most of you have one struggle. I'll tell you what, I won't talk about you. I'll talk about me. I have one struggle. I don't think God understands me. Like, I've got some stuff. You say, what stuff? My stuff. I've got some stuff that I deal with. And I don't know if, if, if sometimes... Confessions of, of the not so rich and not so famous. Sometimes I wonder, like, Lord, do you really hear me? Lord, do you see me? Lord, do you notice me? Lord, do you know how painful this is? Lord, do you know what some of this stuff, like, like God, do you, are you there? Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but have you ever been there? You know what's amazing? Is the first thing that God told Moses was number one, to let him know where he was. He was on holy ground. And the second thing he said, I want you to know that I've noticed my people. Do you know that God is consumed with you? He's consumed with your dreams, He's consumed with your purchase, He's consumed with your life. He doesn't look at you as somebody like, ah, oh, well, you know, one out of ten ain't bad. You know, he, he doesn't, he is consumed with you. He hears you. He knows you. He has a calling for you. He wants more for you. He wants you to dream again. And he also wants you to know that he hears you. He sees you. He sees some of the oppression that you have in your life. He sees some of the entanglement that, he has, that you have in your life. He sees some of the shackles that you have in your life. He sees some of the things that you have caused in your life. But he also sees some of the things that you had nothing to do with but are consequences in your life. And you know what he says to all of it? I want to rescue them. I want to help them dream again. I've got a plan a plan to prosper and not to harm, a plan to give them a hope and a future. I'm going to come so that they may have life and have life more abundantly. Though the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, no, not me, I came that you may have life and have life to the full. But yet, in the process of dreaming, this thing called life is like a big old punching man, isn't it? And it gets us distracted. And today, I want to give you a little taste. Because for some of you, you still haven't joined me in what we call around here growth track. And I want to give you just a little taste of what growth track's like 
so that you can have a little bit of an understanding of what it means to dream again. And it's straight out of this story. Not only do we got to get to where God is, but number two, we need to get there and realize that despite what we may feel, God has noticed you. He has set you apart, and he heard your cries. And so for Moses, he says, hey, man, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. And you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And listen to Moses' response. It's right here in Scripture. It's so good. Moses said, verse 11, awesome, I'm the man. I cannot wait to do this. Can I go right now? You say, well, that's not my, that's the Mickey Clark translation, I'm sorry. Isn't that what a lot of people tell you is supposed to be your response? Like so many times we talk about obedience to Christ like it's just some natural, easy thing. Like I don't care if it's a call to salvation or if it's called to a particular ministry or if it's a call to a job situation or if it's called just to pick up a phone call and reach out to a friend. A lot of times those are tough. And if it's tough, well, take a deep breath because that means you're human. Because listen to how Moses really responded. Here's what he really said. He said, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. See, I'm going to give you four phrases, four questions that Moses asked to give you four characteristics that defines most people when it comes to dreaming and what keeps them from dreaming. The first thing is Moses said, who, 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 am, who am I? Lord, you don't, like, here's what Moses was thinking. Hey, dude, last chapter, I killed a man. And I fled. Like I was born and put in a basket in a river. And then put over all this stuff because it was Pharaoh's daughter. And then I killed a dude. So I fled. And now you want me to go back to Pharaoh and tell him to let Israel's people go. Who am I? The word. You listening? insecurities. Most of us struggle when it comes to dreaming because you don't think you're worthy to dream. No, I, Nikki, I, whew, I am so glad of what God has called you to do in your life because he could, ne I mean, he would not, I mean, you just don't know, whew, man, I got some stuff. I want you to take a second and look around the room. If you're online, just imagine this. There's a room full of people, and here's what I'll tell you. As you look around this room, here's what's so funny. Right now, you're looking around the room at a bunch of people that we really don't know. Because if we were to get brutally honest today, there ain't nobody ready to open up their closet and bear their skeletons, are they? Like, I can tell because some of you are literally going... Like, you don't know where this message is going. You're like, you're like grabbing your, like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, like, if he pulls a mic out and says, start sharing, we are gone. We are never coming back to this place again. Because we all struggle with insecurities, don't we? And because of insecurities, it keeps us from dreaming. Well, listen to what God did to help Moses with his insecurities. I think it's the same thing he wants to tell you today. God said to him, but I will be with you, 
And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now, I love, I've underlined in my Bible, if you have a paper Bible, you may want to underline these words. If you're on a, a tablet or something, you may just want to highlight it. But he said, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. He was trying to tell him, I mean, like, can I go back for a second? I want to make sure you understand this. Moses is barefoot in the desert, listening to a voice coming from a bush that is on fire, but yet's not being consumed. Like, that's a pretty good sign. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but at that point, I'd be like, okay, you got my attention. And he said, well, I don't, I, who am I that I would do this? And then the same voice speaks out of him and says, when you deliver my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. You know what he was telling him? He was trying to give him security in his insecurity. He was letting him know, I'm not asking you to do something that's not going to take place. I'm letting you know, like, like I'm asking because you know, I'm, I'm a loving, gracious God, but I'm also the God that's all-knowing, which means I already know what's going to happen. And so just so you know, I'm asking you to do this, but when you do this, you're going to worship on this mountain. He's letting them know there's nothing to be insecure about because the task is already at hand. Can I tell you, there are so many scriptures that talks about your future and talks about your purpose. But yet we have the hardest time believing it because of insecurities. Well, it doesn't stop there. Moses then turns around and he goes into this next question. He says, what if they? There's two different times. One is in chapter 3, verse, excuse me, 11. And then another is in, or I'm sorry, verse 13. And then the other one is in chapter 4, verse 1. And in both situations, there's amazing things because he asked them, what if they don't believe? What if they don't listen? What if they don't follow? What if they don't know that it's you that have sent me? The word you're looking for there is not only does Moses struggle with insecurity, but he also struggles with fear. Like, I can remember growing up, there was always this saying, you know, don't, don't be afraid to step out on a limb. And my thing was, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not worried about stepping out on the limb. What I'm worried about is the dude back here with the saw at the beginning of the limb. Like, if I step out, is it going to hold me? See, Moses was fearful. Now, listen to what God does. In the first thing, he says, what if they don't believe me that it's you that sent me? And God answers with this amazing thing. And Scott, you can go ahead and put the scriptures up. I'm just going to paraphrase this for time's sake. But God answers him. He says, you tell them the I am has sent you. If you were to take the Hebrew, this is when God's literally, for the first time in God's word, we get the proper name of God that we get Yahweh. Now, we spell Yahweh with vowels. But in the Hebrew language, this was actually a word that did not have any vowels whatsoever. In fact, it was looked at to be so holy that in Old Testament time and in Jewish custom, you would never pronounce the word Yahweh because it was looked to be so holy and to be unholy and pronounced that you were thought to die on the spot. But it's more than just this, this word Yahweh, this proper noun. See, if you were to say it correctly, it actually sounds like inhaling and exhaling as far as breath. I will try to do this as loud as I can, but it would sound something like this. See, that's when Psalms 156, let everything that has breath 
praise the Lord. It's the concept that even in breathing, you are announcing the great I am and that God is who he is. And he gives Moses this concept to say, you know what? You tell them I am the I am. Jesus takes us to a whole other concept on the Sermon on the Mount and going through actually the Gospel of John. He's going through different things. He starts saying all these I am statements. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the gate. I am the vine. I am the, you're the, you know, all these I am's. He's letting them, but the bottom line is that God wanted them to know that I was, I am, and I will forever be. I am the very breath in your lungs. I am Well, Moses takes that and he's like, but what if they don't believe me? (laughs) Okay, I get it. That's kind of cool, but what if they don't believe me? And God responds in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, what's that in your hand? He's like, it's a staff. He says, throw it on the ground. And Moses throws it on the ground. And the thing turns into a snake. For the record, burning bush, voice of the Lord, I'm out. Like, like God, like, can we make, can turn it into a squirrel? I like squirrels. Turn it into a cat, a dog. Like, why has it got to be a snake? You know what I'm saying? But then he tells them, he says, now pick it up by the tail. Now, anybody knows anything about snakes, if you pick up a snake, you pick it up right behind its head. You say, how do you know that? Because I've seen other people do it. Some of you guys have pet snakes. I pray for you. If you're sick and need somebody, feel free to call Pastor Chad. I am not visiting you at your house. But Pastor Chad will because he loves people more than I do. But what you don't do is pick a snake up by the tail. Why? Because if you pick it up by the tail, the thing is going to bite you. But Moses throws the staff on the ground, turns into a snake. He reaches down, picks it up by the tail, and it's a staff again. And God's trying to give him signs that he can let people know that it's not him, but it's a God that has sent him. There's three signs that I'm going to show you, but I want you to catch this premise. A part of you accomplishing your dreams is to take yourself out of the picture so people can see God and the God of your dreams, not you and you being a creator of dreams. Like, that's what the signs were about. Because see, whenever you put all the emphasis on you, people know you. And they're like, yeah, you can't do that. But when you put the emphasis on God and who God is, then people go, well, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But after this whole staff thing, it's like, oh, okay, I got you. What else? You know, the bush is talking. It's on fire, not being consumed. He says, I tell you, take your hand. Put it in your cloak. Pull it out. He had leprosy. It was white. He said, now put it back in here. Pull it out. He was healed. And then God says literally, and if they don't believe these two signs, then take some water out of the river Nile and pour it on the ground, and the water would turn to blood. See, he was giving Moses three signs to take the emphasis off of who he was and put the emphasis on who God is and the God that he serves. That's key to dreaming. Because you're going to deal with insecurities. 
and you're going to deal with fear. Now, you would think at this point Moses is pretty like, <laughs> dude, I got like magic tricks now. I use that word magic very loosely. Please don't overthink that. Please don't text me or email me. I know it wasn't magic. But it's one of those things that, that he has these signs to be able to show people that it is a God that has sent him. And again, bushes on fire, not being consumed, voices speaking, it is God. He's got his sandals off. He now has been told that he is going to deliver the people out of captivity. He now has these signs to show people. So you're thinking Moses is like, woohoo, let's go accomplish the dream. And that's not what happens. He turns around and he keeps going in verse of chapter 4 in verse 10. Listen to what he says. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. So can I help you understand this? Please do not take offense to this. I'm trying to, to make you understand the conversation. Moses is being spoken through through a bush. He's starting to get a little bit like, okay, I can kind of see you're wanting me to do this. And God's wanting him to be his mouthpiece. And Moses' response is, speech. Like literally what that scripture is talking about is Moses had a stuttering problem. And if you know anybody that ever struggles with stuttering, usually with pressure or getting in front of people, you can, it just gets heightened, right? Now, I don't know about a pressure situation, but if there's a bush on fire and God's speaking to me, I'm going to be stuttering. And the word that you're looking for is not only was he struggling with, with insecurities, not only was he struggling with the aspect of of fear, but he was struggling with his own inadequacies. How could God call somebody that stutters to be his mouthpiece? Well, I'm glad you asked. Can I give you the answer? It's in verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. See, the concept that God was wanting Moses to understand is, is what you look like, what you think about as inadequacies, I look at it as, as weakness. You say, well, that's terrible. Why would I want God to know my weaknesses? Well, we can go to the New Testament, right? Because it is in your weakness that he is made great. See, when God uses you in your weakness, that means you can't take the credit for it. That means that you have to give glory to something that's bigger than you, which is what? God. You know what happens when people give glory to God? God gives them dreams. And he takes them places they never thought possible. Now, at this point in the story, like I'm not the smartest person. I'm not maybe the brightest crown in the box, but I mean, I'd at least be in the box, right? But Moses still had one more thing. In fact, this is the point where God actually burns with anger. It's found in verse 13. 
Listen to this. But he, this is Moses, said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. And then verse 14 says, Then the anger of the Lord was so kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? See, the last word is, is reluctancy. Even through all of this, there was still this concept that Moses said, I understand what you're saying, Mr. Bush, but can you please just send someone else? And at this point, God's like, okay, now, now I'm upset. Now I'm frustrated. I've literally already identified the things that you're struggling with as far as insecurities. I've already identified the things you're struggling with as far as fear. I've given you signs to handle that. I've even talked to you about what you think is inadequacies and how you can't and let you know that I can. Now you just don't want to. And God got upset. You know, in 2022, the thing that gets God most upset is people that just don't want it. Like God says, man, I, 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 got, I got so much for you. I got so much I want you to have. And I get it that you're going to struggle with insecurities. I get it that you're going to struggle with fears. I get it you're going to struggle with inadequacies. But just to simply not want to, just being reluctant, that fires him up. You know Why? Because he wants more for you than you want for yourself. Because God knows just how big this life can be. And he knows just how great your life can be. And he wants to literally just like grab you and be like, but if you knew what I knew, being God, which is like an understatement, you would want this. But he says, well, you know what? Is there not Aaron, your brother? And we get this last major piece that's so cool. You know what's cool about dreaming? Is you were never created to do it by yourself. It's too big. It's too scary. And to be honest, you and I, we're too incapable. But with God directing us, with some people that are willing to follow him. Whoo, man, sky's the limit. You say, but Mickey, I just can't. Why? Tell me why. Is it because of insecurities? Is it because of, of just aspects of fear? Is it because you feel inadequate? Tell me, please, tell me, what is your why? I'm going to read to you what I wrote in my notes that I think sums up most people's why. Our greatest obstacle to our dreams has always been and will always be me. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.